Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wisdom Collective. My name is Adam Crowell and this week we are with John Higgins. John, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Adam? Good, good. Thanks. Now, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to talk to you because I've been following your YouTube channel here for a little bit. Uh, and it's a channel called The Bible is Art. And you're getting into concepts like truth and beauty and, and even wisdom and poetry and, and just the narrative structures of the scriptures and just so many things that I've already been interested in. And you're putting it so uh, simply without being simplistic and being clear and engaging and all the rest. And we're going to get into your channel here in a bit. But um, explain to us, why did you start this thing called The Bible is Art? What does that mean? What are you trying to communicate there? Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Adam. Um, so I started this channel about two years ago, and it was, um, I, I have been fascinated ever since I was in, in college and graduate school with, with the literary artistry of the Bible. <laughs> um, and that is to say, like, how, how the form and the meaning match, the form and the content. And, and you know, there's been a real sort of renaissance in um, biblical studies over the past like 20 years, ever since like the 80s, where, you know, in, in, in sort of like mainstream biblical studies, there was this uh, um, uh, idea for a while that, you know, any anytime where they want, they want to take the Bible apart into these like sources that, that they thought were in there. And, um, and after a while, it that sort of like didn't really work out, right? Because everyone mm -hmm. came up with different sources, they chopped them up in different ways not to mention we didn't actually have any hard evidence for any of these things. And it like, wasn't very interesting, right? Like, what it like, Hey, this is this person, right? It's like, what am I, what am I supposed to do with that? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that, so then people started coming around they said, Hey, well, wh what if we, what if we just, let's just table that question. And it'd be like, what if we treated this thing like it was a, a, a sophisticated literary work, what would happen? And lo and behold, this, these things are like wildly, wildly deep, right? Every word and phrase is, is this sort of perfectly constructed thing um, that, that's, that, that comes together as this great work of beauty. And mm -hmm. so I'm just trying to communicate clearly and simply the beauty of this, of this text, um, of, of, of the word of God and how it's formed. And the surprising thing too to me is that it's like, this, this stuff is like very accessible. You really don't need any advanced education. Um, you're just going, going through the Bible and asking, why is this said here in this way? Mm -hmm. You know, why did, why did the narrator tell us this? Because I was thinking about it like this. I'm like, hey, in the Bible, 99.9% .9 of the things that actually happened are not told. So why is this told in this way? Yes. Right. Yes. And yeah. so you, you turn a page and you skip like a decade and you, you might, you may realize it, but you're like, well, why did they pick up here? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so it's, so it's fascinating. So I just wanted, I wanted to start it, communicate it. And then, um, and the, and the other side of this, you know, I think we'll chat, chat about later was like, you know, I'm, I'm just interested in beauty in general, like literary beauty, aesthetic beauty. And like, as my day job, I'm a, I'm a designer, um, um, uh, web designer, graphic designer. And so, so this is, this is like my other side of my world. And so um, um, I also have a whole, whole thing where we talk about, um, a, I call it a Christian guide to beauty and design. And so mm -hmm. it, it's taking these aspects. So I'm just, I'm just overall fascinated by form, right? Structure and how that is able to communicate well. Yes. And what's so cool, John. So there's, there's levels to this as far as, or, uh, multifaceted interactions with this idea of like beauty, what you're talking about. I think I'm with you. I think beauty matters. Like it matters a lot um, in part because it's, it's some means by which we participate in God, right? When we interact with this and this gets into things, it's been changing my mind and I don't mean to oversell, like changing my life, this idea of beauty, what you're talking about, even thinking of like buildings and how we organize them, right? Mm -hmm. Structure, and, and paintings and, and what we call art, right? It, yeah. If I just put a picture on a wall, is that art? Like probably not, you know, it, it yeah. may be uh, a painting, but I don't know if I'd want to call it art or at least not beautiful. And these, well, but and, even, and it's, even, it's, yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And sorry to interrupt. Mm -hmm. um, but like, but like even the category of fine art was a, was a very late development and one that should we, we should not welcome kindly in my, in my estimation, mm -hmm. because it's like it like sequesters off art 
as like, what, what do you, cause like, what is art, right? It's something that's like skillfully made, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like, what do you do if you have something with great beauty? Oh, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to build a building for it to live and put it on a wall and guard people off from it. It'd be like, what? That, that's, that's insane, right? This was, yeah. this was a very late understanding of how uh, uh, craft, how skillful work should exist, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like the, the more ancient view, and I think the correct view um, is, is, is that, no, 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 skillful things exist in life for purposes, right? Yeah. And so, so, so chairs and buildings and everything, like that's what art skill is supposed to be, right? It's, it's not something that's, that's in another building that you pretend to enjoy, you know? Yes. Yeah. And you sort of play a game and it's, it's very performative. And, and that's the, the bummer of it is it's kind of performative as opposed to being like a participation where, and that's the thing, like these things don't just inform us. Like they don't just speak to our mind. We're supposed to participate in them. And, and yeah. they, they, they do literally form us, not just intellectually. Yeah. Like they, they do something for us. If we work in an ugly space or building or a messy desk or office, it, it alters our work. Right. And the same yeah. goes for art. And, and what's so cool is you're, you're bringing this down to the level of at times just the construction of scriptures, but also like the narrative, like flow, poetry, uh, even some of the sim- symbology and symbolism that's going on. Like yeah. you're, you're really helping people see no, your, your Bible even has this. This is not just an information book. This is a formation book. It's yeah. It's to be participated in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So what, I, I mean, that, that's what the channel is and, and you said a bit of why you started it. Um, but um, let's, let's get into this idea of beauty because we keep talking about it. So uh, can you give us as the resident expert, like your, your <laughs> definition <laughs> on the spot now, can you give us your definition, John, of beauty? Okay. It's funny you ask that. So let me give you a little bit of a backstory and I'm not, well, I'm a little punting, but I, I will get to, I get I to the answer. It. So, um, uh, so a- after school, I, I taught in a, in a high school and I was teaching a seniors, uh, like a worldview class. And in one of their senior projects was on a, a, a Christian view of fill in the blank. So you know, we had economics and mathematics and, and one of them was beauty. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to put together these bibliographies. And one thing that I found was that when I looked for theologies of beauty or theologies of aesthetics or whatever, um, every, everything I found would, would talk in very abstract terms about beauty. It would, they would almost to a T, they would never define beauty or say what it was or say w- what was part, part of beauty. They were just saying, hey, this thing is important, blah, 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 blah. And so it's, it's sort of frustrating because like, yeah. when you're trying to understand anything, like the fundamental thing is like, what is it? Like, what are the characteristics, like the properties of this thing? And um, so then, so then that's, that's one stream. The, the other stream is like I moved out of teaching and into into design, and the fascinating thing is that when you're in design, uh, y- you know there's all of these definitions, these things. Like if you go and if you're in a critique with your art director, you'll go into the meeting and they'll just list off a bunch of things, right? They'll look at a poster, they'll look at a web page, and they'll say, "Hey, the scale, the hierarchy, the contrast is off. This is not unified. This is doing the right and and that'll be assumed, right? Mm-hmm. It'll be assumed that you understand all of these aesthetic principles. And, and if, if you were to come in there and you were to say, oh, I just disagree that contrast is not an aesthetic property, they would just be like, oh, you fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, it's yeah. like oh, I, I, oh, you shouldn't actually be working. Like you don't even have the prerequisites to have this job, right? Yeah. And so what I found is these fascinating two things is one, this was too abstract. And two, you had this whole particular world, and and you can throw into here the history of architecture and painting. I've just like, like Da Vinci's on painting. His, you know, he wrote a work, a collected notes on that, and and so you have these things, but they very little interact. And yeah. so, I, so I just wanted to bring these things together in, in a Christian worldview. And so, to to stop punting anymore, you know, what beauty is? This is not a difficult question right? We are very well aware from, from the design world 
that there are a bunch of properties for something to have for, for it to be beautiful. So unity, diversity, hierarchy, order, right? And, and there's tons of them. And now, inevitably, when I say this, people go, oh, this sounds like crazy, like, like scientific or cold or something. And, and so yeah. two caveats, okay? One is just because you can define some of the properties of something doesn't mean you comprehensively understand something, right? Yes. And so, so just, be, just because I know I could tell you something about like fabric or skin doesn't mean I know, understand everything about it. Um, and, and the other thing is there's this fascinating uh, thing going on. And one of the reasons why I, I wanted to start doing this work on beauty is that when I would talk to Christians, you know, if you talk about, you, know, we talk, you, you talked about these truth, beauty, and goodness, these, these you know, what are called transcendentals. They're properties of, of reality for things insofar as they exist, they have to have these things, right? Mm -hmm. And when you talk to a Christian about truth, it's like, yeah, totally. That's objective. That's like, this is what it's like. It's in there. It's in the world. And they'd be like, what about like goodness, like right and wrong? Like, oh yeah, totally. It's like, yeah, yeah. And then you get to beauty and then all of a sudden it's like out the window. Like this thing either, is just- Either like- disinterested or uh, it, or like kind of like uh the purest form of ignorance maybe like not in a, a moralistic way just like doesn't have like a an opinion or at times is like afraid to have my experience at least they're afraid yeah. to have an opinion because that would take that would then say beauty is something objective and not just a subjective like yeah what do you think beauty is you know is yeah. It, yeah yeah you yeah you want to take that away you know it, it, there yeah. is a thing going on there anyway yeah go ahead yeah, yeah, going. yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, so there's this like wide dichotomy of, of like very strong that these things, that truth and goodness exist in the world, but then you get over to beauty and it's like nothing. And I, and I think that that's the same reason that like, I mean, this is a whole nother thing, but there's people don't have any aesthetic education. It's not, not any part of our, our, our like, you know, educational system that you learn design right and design of any i'm i'm talking about like big d design not yeah not yeah. just graphic design but there are principles that go across and, that, and that's what i'm talking about these principles that go across all aesthetic disciplines that if you you know if you want to be a photographer a graphic designer interior designer or anything right um a musician uh, these things apply and so yes. Um, so there's tons of aesthetic properties, not just the ones that I'm, I'm talking about, but these are really fundamental properties. Yes. Yeah. Foundational, fundamental. That's good. That's good. And the idea, something I know you've gotten into in some of your, um, videos, um, which people have got to check out your videos. We'll, we'll get some channel links down below cause it's so good, man. Thank um, you. but the, uh, something you talk about there is that this can also be cultivated. And so, I mean, mm. you're talking about an maybe we had a, if it would be great if we had a culture of education where this was sort of getting taught, um, but also that it can be cultivated that whether it's self-teaching or just again, getting back to the idea of intentional participation. Uh, yeah. It's good to have sages, you know, even though you punted for a bit to have people like you to help, uh, help us see these things. But uh, once you start seeing it, you get like a little excited about finding it yourself and yeah, yeah it can be cultivated. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And yeah, and I mean, like, I, I have a whole, you know, chapter in, in my book about aesthetic discipleship, right? Mm -hmm. This is, this is the same thing that we do with moral discipleship, or I mean, we have a term for it, sanctification, right? Or yes. discipleship, we've got a term for this. But you can, you can do the same thing aesthetically. And, and, and I think people that, um, that we, we all like, say, film critics, or, or, or like the YouTube film essay, right? Where, whereas I'm like, wow, these people, or if, if you're like an interior designer, like I, I, whenever my, my wife asks to be like, hey, should we do this? It's like one of our really good friends is an interior designer. And I'm like, I don't know, ask Angela. And she'll, <laughs> and you know, and she'll come through and she's like, okay, uh -huh. people, I love watching people who are really skilled at things. Like whatever they do, yeah. like if they're really good, I find that so enjoyable because mm -hmm. it like, it makes me want to do whatever my thing is like way better. And, yes. and it's, one a, of it's the, a high, it's, it's, it's sorry. It's right in no. there with what you're talking about. One of the principles you talk about is this idea of hierarchy has this aesthetic, like pleasing nature to us. And what you're, I think what you're doing when you see someone who's not just skilled at something, but you see him thrive or you see him when you watch an athlete, like rise to yeah. the occasion or do something uh, heroic or whatever, 
it does something in you because you're watching them like ascend the hierarchy as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. And 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 I think one of the things that I find with people who are very skillful at something, mm -hmm. one of their features are it is that they can um, they can communicate it very clearly. Okay, and I think here's the reason that that. Um, when you can communicate clearly, you know, and this is one of the characteristic features of a good teacher is that it's not, and this is a common misunderstanding that uh, a clear communication doesn't have to do with uh, dumbing down. It has to do with crystallization. Mm -hmm. It has to do with concentration. It's, it's like poetry where there's a density of thought. And so, and, and, um, and what happens there is that the person who's skillful at something understands the hierarchy of the thing. And so they understand what's on the top and what's on the bottom. And so they say, oh, if, if you're at this level, I communicate at this level of the hierarchy. It, it, we're here at this level of the hierarchy. And, and this is something, for instance, I always tell people to like, if they're going like students who are like going into college and like never take young professors because young professors have just done their PhD. So maybe they're like know about European history, but they really typically don't know about European history because they don't have the hierarchy or, or another, another be like the main melodic thread down and how all the parts relate to that one main melodic line. They might know a lot about coins during the French revolution because that's what they did their dissertation on, but they don't have a very great comprehensive grasp. And it's, it's only once you've like lived in that material for a long time and become fluent in the language that it's like, okay, I've got the hierarchy. So I know how to bring my people on a journey. And because yes. what, what younger yeah, professors yeah. or poor professors do is they'll be, they'll be going too deep and jump up here and go too deep and you become confused and they fall off because fundamentally they don't understand the hierarchy, the main narrative spine. Mm -hmm. No, that's super helpful. That is super helpful. And uh, I want to get into, I, I kind of brought up this theme of hierarchy, but this is, so not only should people check out your channel, you have a book that's, when is your book coming out? You're writing a book right now that you're sort I mean, of outlining in your channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm writing along with, with the channel because I thought it'd be helpful to get feedback as I'm going. Um, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure okay. when it's going to come out yet. Um, okay. I hope, hope, hope in the next uh, uh, one to two years. Okay, great. Well, uh, people should subscribe to you so they know when it is coming out and that they can help you put those chapters together, at least contribute totally. to, to your back and forth you're having there. And so, uh, but I, the reason I bring all that up is you're writing some chapters on some of these, you said foundational, but we're, so we're trying to understand this sort of transcendental thing like beauty and you're, but you're yeah. like, here's some foundations or some pillars or however yeah. you want to frame yeah. it. Um, and you have four, I don't, I don't know how many you have, but I think you have four, right? Is that right? Uh, thus far, there'll be, there'll be more, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, hierarchy is one of them. And so uh, yeah. we got into that a little bit, but do you want to explain anything about that or any of the others? I know you mentioned unity sure. and diversity and sure. some of these other things. But. Yeah, definitely. So um, the, the first one of these foundational aesthetic properties is unity and diversity. Okay. And this is, a, this is, this is one of the most fascinating to me, like historical confluences, just like sort of coincidences of history. And that is... Like, you know, uh, uh, for, for a work, I put it this way, for a work to be beautiful or well-designed, it must have unity or, and diversity, right? It must have both of those things. If it has too much unity, it'll be boring. And if it has mm. too much diversity, there won't be enough things for you to tell that this is one thing right? It'll just be a, a bunch of disparate things. And you don't even know that this was one work, one post, chaos. One whatever. Yeah. exactly chaos. And so you want to have both these things. Now the fascinating, and, and, and that's fairly obvious and sort of mundane, right? You're like, oh yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, but the fascinating thing is that this question of unity and diversity was the, was the, was the, one of the first questions in the history of philosophy, when you studied like the pre-Socratics, you know, you talk about Interesting. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, you know, um, um, that there was, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on their names right now. Um, Heraclitus and Parmenides, there we go. Um, and, and they, they focused on one side of this. Oh, everything is flux and disorder. Oh, and no, everything is ultimately unity because you, you, you look at the world and you're like, 
it, it seems like that like there there's there's a unity, but there's also diversity. And so is one of these things primary and and, yeah. and did one issue from the other, right? And um, so, so that was a question in the history of philosophy. That's like, you take any history of philosophy course, that's like where you start out. Well, also in the, in the Christian church, that was one of the first theological questions, right? The Absolutely. unity and diversity in God. Yeah. So Jesus come, comes along, right? And, and people are trying to understand how does Jesus relate to God the Father, right? And so you, you had these, these two questions and 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 the christian answer was both of these things are fundamental in god unity and diversity equal, both equal and ultimate right mm -hmm. and 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 so and the big picture is this we have a drive inside of us because we're made in the image of god and god has both unity and diversity and perfect harmony within himself mm -hmm. right so all of these confluences come together in the nature of God himself, right? And, and you, you can't ultimately uh, derive unity from diversity or diversity from unity, that it's, that it's all one in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, so yeah. one of the things that, that, you know, like th that I want to do is for each one of these aesthetic properties, show about how, hey, this is something we've been thinking about theologically with God for years. Right, and so it's it's not coincidental, um, it's not like a cultural thing because there are there are subjective features of aesthetics. Absolutely, I would love to get into like, that too a little bit. Like, yeah, finish yeah. your thought, but yeah, 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 that. yeah. So, so they're, they're absolutely uh, uh, subjective features, but that doesn't that negate the fact that there are also objective features, right? Like, <laughs> like you think about like like ice cream, right? And so it's like. I, I, you have different tastes in ice cream. I have different tastes in ice cream. That doesn't negate the fact that there are objective properties of ice cream, right? Yeah, and, yeah that's a good, uh, what that's ice a good, cream is yeah, yeah. as opposed to a hot dog. And this is not a hot dog because it doesn't have these <laughs> things. And so, um, yeah, there's this, there's this worry about this, but I'm like, this is such a crazy false dichotomy, right? It's, yes. it's, it's clear when you're saying, uh, to your wife that she looks beautiful, that you're saying something about her and not just about yourself, right? <laughs> you're not just saying, oh, I feel something because, you know, you, you and, and, and this is, see, this is, um, you know, th this is something that the phenomenologists and Jordan Peterson talk about and Mer Merleau-Ponty talk about how there's an intelligibility in your actions, yes, right? And, and rituals and liturgies and there's, 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 a, there's a structure there. And one of those things, when you think about like the phenomenology of the structure of like uh, uh, beauty affirmations, right? The objectivity is part of the structure, yes. right? Everyone understands every time you make, you, you make uh, an aesthetic thing is that you're saying something about that object, right? Mm -hmm. And that you can disagree about that, right? Yeah. And, and, and you can have an argument you say no you're wrong because of this and you're wrong because of this and da, 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 da. and you can go back back and forth about that right yeah yeah and uh in that idea right there I, I don't know if this perfectly matches up with how he'd explain it but uh contemporary of jordan peterson john verveke he's at the university of toronto as well yeah um and he he refers to that process that you're talking about even the debated form um as like dialogos so yeah. instead of dialogue he's like no we're like we're, we're somehow like doing some kind of logos work or participating in the logos when we dialogue like that. Hmm. And the way he refers to it is something like, uh, he says there's, there's two ways we can go about processing between one another. We can do adversarial processing, which is kind of a lot of what we do right now if you get on social media, right? Um, or we can do like complementary processing, you know, which is really, and when we do that, we're, we're sort of ascending a hierarchy or trying to do that together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's something yeah. about that discovery. And anyway, that's a, a rabbit trail from what you're saying. But, but there is something to uh, a lot of what we've been talking about is an individual process, but there's also a, uh, an inner, interdependent process, too. And that's like things like music and things like beauty. They're so hard to describe, but we also completely understand it when we experience good and bad or like versions that are like actual music whether or not we agree or like like you said the flavor of it like the yeah, ice cream yeah, yeah. example that can be one thing but we also know what clattering noise sounds like and mm. we would never call that music never right 
Well, I, but and, and and here's the important thing about when you when you ascend the the hierarchy of um um so okay so we we have this category of of the humanities right and the idea is that there are things that are getting close to the nature of the human so arts right where mm-hmm. where these things are peculiar to human beings made in the image of God as something like biology which we share with the mammals right. So when you move when you move up this hierarchy, um, things get more complicated. They don't become more subjective. They just become more complicated, right? So psychology, it's it's very high up there. It's very complicated. People are very, I mean, we're made in the image of God, and He's deep, right? Yeah. And so, so, um, and and so as you move up, and and I think this is this is characteristic of really good teachers is that. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to be clear in mathematics. It's much harder to be clear in psychology or aesthetics because you're higher up, you're getting closer to personalism, image of God. Yeah. And, and, and once you get closer, and, and, and that's why like, it, get, it gets more difficult, but, the, but it doesn't get less objective. Right, right. right? And, and, and is this, go, go oh, ahead. sorry, is this why he's, the uh, the image of God idea, the, the interpersonal, the very like beauty is within us, and we can be beautiful ourselves. We can part, we can create beauty as co-creators or whatever we want to say yeah. about beauty. Like we are, we are create. We we are obviously created in the image of beauty of lots of things, but like yeah. you know, God is beauty in so many yeah, ways. Yeah. So capital B. So is this part of the reason why, especially as we ascend the hierarchy, you said like people get like either gun shy, either scared to continue talking about it or having firm opinions or like fighting can get more heated because on the one hand, like we could say a person is beautiful. It's much different yeah. than saying, uh, I like chocolate chip mint. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. so is this part of it or what, why do you think that happens? I, I think that it's, it's easy to, um, I, no, I think you're, I think you're correct. But but when you're getting into these more things, it's like you you just have to be, uh, just very skillful. Like you think about something like sociology or politics, like it's the easiest thing in the world for you to jump out and say something. You know, like like let's let's take something like like Brexit, right? Mm-hmm. And you like jump jump over and like say something. And I, like I was always I was always amazed at like when when that that all stuff was going down and you like get on social media and it's like all of a sudden all my like american friends have very strong opinions about <laughs> the macroeconomic structure of the european <laughs> states and i'm just sitting here thinking how do you know about this <laughs> I, that, that is just so complicated and i'm like i have zero opinions i know nothing about this mm-hmm. right because like w- when you start getting up to these things you just get just get very complicated and, and and i think that maybe it's i, I don't know that like that's a good question because because i think that part of it is that you know today it seems like maybe i'm just historically ignorant but it seems like there's this thing where you you have to you have to have an opinion on everything and you're that sort feels of relevant. like yeah. yeah 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 and and um and either you have a, an opinion or you just jump off the boat and you say it doesn't matter you know mm-hmm. and and yeah i don't know that's a good question yeah yeah and uh you you're getting into something there that um yeah that that need or that that re- i don't know that that felt requirement that you have to have an opinion on everything that's another it was reminding me of another thing that uh jordan peterson's talked about the idea of like don't say things you know to be untrue, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and there is something, it's so strange. We get, there is a liturgy to it. There's sort of a, it's a phenomenological thing, but they're not out and out lies in that they're, they're not meant to, they're not intended to cause harm. But I do think when we essentially lie or tell a half truth, like we understand something like the macroeconomics of Western European countries or something and their interconnectedness, yeah. on the one hand, like, people there are in disagreement, but let alone, I just learned about it two seconds ago and I'm going to like, let you know how the world works. It's like that idea is like, uh, it's either ignorant or arrogant, or it might be like both, but it's also like, uh, 
it's a soft form of a lie, if you will. You know what I mean? And we start yeah. doing this stuff and we yeah. kind of lose ourselves. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, we yeah. can start losing ourselves when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that there's like, part of it is, is, is that when, when you get to these, these things, um, like complicated things, you just need a lot of time and commitment to them. I mean, it's just like good old fashioned ed- education, you know, and, 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 uh, and today that it's becoming increasingly difficult for a variety of reasons. Yes. And we, so in your work, you have a, a version of this and especially in other trades. So my wife works in a trade. I know lots of people that do mm. um, trades. There's, there's an intense apprenticeship process to that yeah. in that you become yeah. a master, if you will, of X, whatever X is. And, oh uh, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So here's, here's a fascinating story. I don't, I, I don't know where it is, but, um, C.S. Lewis had this critique of um, like the PhD system about how he's like, you know, we take the youngest people and we require the most novel work out of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you ever talk to someone doing a PhD, they're like, oh, I'm going to go to PhD. Like, what are you going to write on? Like, I don't know. I got to like work on that. So I'm like, it's this weird situation. So like, like you got to write a book. Be like, what are you writing about? Like, I don't know. I just say, just make me write a book. And be like, so you don't have anything to say? <laughs> be like, no. And he's like, they should work for like twenty years, and then once they have something well, to say, that's fascinating. But, yeah. But but you know you th- you think about like, uh, you know, in schools today, you have so much of um. I mean, there's been like a sort of soft relativism for a long time. Think about how much you have like journaling in English class. Like mm-hmm. journaling, like why? You know, it's like you're you're a freshman. You don't have anything to say. Like the I, why? Yeah. Why does your opinion matter yet? Right. Yeah. Whereas, like instead, it's like the idea of education is that you think should take the things of highest truth, beauty, and goodness and master them. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that copy and copy and learn and study and structure and form and and all of these things. And it's like, and I remember, I remember in college, like. It wasn't until my senior seminar that anyone in the class, students, had anything interesting to say, right? <laughs> Including myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but yet you have like endless like discussions and stuff like that. You know, but like, but there needs to be much more of that apprenticeship where it's like we're taking these things. But that's that's the sort of like the unfortunate thing about where education is and and with all this like. Um, the the new dominant worldview of like the race sex gender stuff where like because what the, the great problem that happens when you have that form of education is that you are separated from the object of inquiry right mm. because you are no longer a student of this great work you are its judge right because because i get to this 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 uh I, you, know, you know king lear or plato and Instead of my job as a student, where it's like, I'm sitting under this, this is my master, I am the student, mm-hmm. every question I could bring to it, he can answer. Instead, I become a, a, a like a, a transgression treasure hunter, yes. right? I want, I, I have the judge of this. And so what happens is like, the great joy of education is the, is the joy of discovery, is that there, that there is a great gem in here that I am in search of, right? And I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. right? But nowadays, in, in, it, it's, it's flipped, right? I know what I'm going to find, and I just have to find it. And so I think the appeal is, is still there because there's still a treasure hunt, yeah, right? Which is enjoyable. There's still, a, there's still a journey of discovery, but it's no longer surprising, and it's no longer transforming because... I, I come with, I, I know I'm, uh, here's what you thought about women. Uh, there I found it. Now I'm good, you know? Yes. Yes. No. And, and right. And uh, it becomes a, like a, a prove it wrong contest and all the things. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. this, what's interesting, you're right. There, there's some like, um, I think this is what you're saying, at least that there's like, there's a redeemable aspect or an opportunity there and that a treasure stunt still, a treasure hunt is still happening. But yeah. uh, we, we need to reorient like what they're hunting after because <laughs> right. the uh, like the ideas. So, you know, the ideas around unity and diversity, it's like that's rooted on the one hand in beauty, like we talked about, but it's also rooted in the idea of love. Like 
this is why I believe he said it, it may just be attributed to him, but like Augustine said that God is at once love. And the only way he can be that is if he's lover, beloved and love mm. communicated and father, son, yeah. spirit. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so <clears throat> in that idea, you have a unity on the one hand, like love, a concept, but then you have a diversity or plurality in which it has to express itself. Yeah. And uh, you need, you need both. And so anyway, um, what's interesting is the overflow of that love. I'm getting a little like, theologically heavy here yeah. but the overflow of that love is creativity it's creation mm. that is the that's what love does it creates and, and yeah. mlk like he's got all of these yeah. thoughts about the idea of like when you're properly oriented toward love it'll create it'll create mm. like habitable order love uh, the willing the good of another like these ideas um, mm. but when you use those same principles of when you essentially corrupt unity unity and diversity or you isolate them or whatever um, and make it only one or the other um, you don't just miss love. You actually can participate in the destruction of where love exists or where it could exist or whatever, right? Mm. Uh, you get into these deformed visions and um, it's the idea of like hate beginning hate, right? It's the same idea, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's like uh, you, you know, the, the sort of classical doctrine of sin that, that, that like sin is, 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 a, is a corruption of the good. Uh, in the sense that it like it looks like it you know yes. like it mimics it yeah. you know and and so that there's an appearance of it but it's it's the opposite you know yeah yeah and it has so to that, be I mean, close it, enough to be a trick yeah 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 and so there's a just like there's a false like you know i think it's uh aristotle who talks about how you know there's three types of government and there's better and worse forms of each right you have mm -hmm. a, a governed by the one the few and the many and you know, you, you have, you have the same thing where you can have a false form of unity and you can have a false form of diversity. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And I think these things, these, these realities we're talking about, they are, they're, they're psychological, they're phenomenological. They are very relevant to us, which is part of the reason why when we see it in art or even just in a website's design, when we see something like yeah. hierarchy or unity and yeah. diversity, yeah. That's why it triggers for us, like, this is a good website, or this is a yeah. good design, yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. Because it's tapping into yeah. something deep, like you said. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, that's what, that's what I'm trying to communicate, is that we, we have these universal principles, mm -hmm. which, which are so deep inside of us. And, and the reason is, at the end of the day, is that we're made in the image of God. And these are, these are things that that people have been talking about with respect to God for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. This is so good. And this is why, whether it's, I, I was just recommending to someone before we jumped on here, like you got to subscribe to this guy's channel, man, because things like this, it's the idea of like, um, I think the more that we pursue these things, we get um, a different, I don't want to say like deeper or greater understanding of God necessarily, but we get a different um, a nuanced understanding of God that helps us not just relate to him better, but be transformed. And, and it, it literally does. I was talking to a, a professor of um, Christian philosophy and history and all the rest on this idea, but it literally changes the way that you operate in the world and, and mm -hmm. how you go about your day-to-day -day living. Like when you have, you know, this discipleship and something like beauty, it changes like the way you look at a tree or whatever, you know, and oh, not, yeah. not trying to get super woo. Like it just really does. It, it changes your celebration, your appreciation, your observation. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. 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 It oh, it, it, ab you, yeah. it absolutely does. Yeah. And, 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 and you find yourself once you, you know, and this is what education is supposed to be is that, you know, the, the idea of the university, there's unity and diversity. So you're studying all these diverse disciplines, but, you, <laughs> but you're, you're getting a, a unified vision of yeah, these things. Yeah. And so when you study beauty, capital B beauty, then you can, you can trace these things through and so you can listen to us i mean even with something is just if you have two properties unity and diversity right you can you can listen to a song and ask yourself uh it, let, let let's say you listen to something some, something's off about that you should be like well was it unified enough was it diverse enough right mm -hmm. uh um if if you see if if you if you walk into your living room and, and something feels off you know you can ask the same question is be like is there not enough things, whether it's colors or textures or negative space for this thing to be one thing or unity 
or not. Yeah. And, 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 and these things, like you were saying before, they subtly, um, uh, they subtly change you. I mean, this is, <laughs> here's a perfect example of this. You think about what, what's been going on with um, um, like the open office concept, right? Where <laughs> all of a sudden we were like, yeah. hey, there should be no divisions between any people. And then it'd be like, cool. And then it's like a few years later, it'd be like, oh, that was a terrible idea. Maybe we should have some divisions between people. And it's like, right, right. These are just fundamental principles, right? Mm. On, on, the, on, the, on the one side, you have complete, you know, like openness. On the other side, you have complete segregation where people have their own offices. And you're like, oh, maybe these are principles that should be balanced, right? And that's just yes. like a really fundamental, like philosophical thought, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not complicated. No, no, but you're right. It, and what's so cool is it does, it literally, again, I keep using that word, but it literally changes the world. Like it, it yeah. changes like your ability to be a productive worker or a, a, a one who's going mad because you're working only on your own or that's going mad because you're constantly distracted. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's both. And so it's, uh, it really does change your life. It changes your productivity or whatever you're up to. Yeah. It changes or, 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 and you think about the other thing is like, you know, brutalist architecture was a fad oh, in, mm-hmm. in, um, y- you know, in American, uh, uh, buildings for a long time you know in the 80s and 90s and it was like terrible right right Right. you have like little windows and insufficient light and insufficient diversity in these forms and that like like i i I, maybe this is wrong but i heard like the suicide rate was higher because because no that's genuine that's legit yeah and so many architects of that time you, you may know this as well so many architects of that time they were at least, um, what do you want to call it, like spokespeople for the brutalist movement. Uh, they really did have a philosophical, just like you were talking about earlier, they had a philosophical underpinning. Yeah. They were essentially nihilist at the end of the day, yeah, but they yeah. believed that their, their architecture was a form of art and it was articulating the, the sort of meaninglessness of life or the world mm. or whatever. And uh, yeah. it, it basically did that. It, it really did that. Right. Yeah. And, and, and imagine if instead your baseline philosophical principles, you were coming into a building, it'd be like, let's say it's a 12 floor, it's for this KPMG or whatever. Yeah. And you'd be like, and you've got these things. And so you like, you sketch up a design and you're like, you know what, there's, this is, this is too unified. There's too much uniformity. It's boring. And so I'm going to, And, 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 you, and you're like, that, that, that philosophical principle changed the way you designed. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it changed the way how it affected people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, I, I love that we're getting into like sort of the, uh, well, we, we got into a lot of the highbrow fun stuff, which is so fun and good to do. Um, and I knew you could go there. I was trying to describe to someone your channel actually uh, before we started chatting. I was like, it's like uh like Bible project for people that are ready for a little bit more of like an intellectual conversation, you know, and it's not a, the, obviously Tim and, and John, like they're brilliant people. Obviously Tim is a brilliant uh, scholar and professor and all the things, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, it's just different at the same time. You, you are providing something that I feel like super helpful. So on the one hand, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also um, I bring that up because you're providing something that, even though it may be a little bit of an intellectual ascent at times from other like Christian YouTube things that are out there. Um, it's, it's something that really can help people as they engage in the world. I, I think it can help them. And so um, as far as you're concerned, we got into some of the why for why you're doing the channel and I'm trying to sell that right now, but how does the, how does the everyday person like take these principles that you're talking about? Um, and whether make the world more beautiful or appreciate beauty more differently. I mean, art, good art could be said, it's like a window in the, into the transcendent. So how do people find that? Um, how, do, how do we do this? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, one thing is, is, to, is to read read the Bible carefully and attentively. I, I know that's like a general thing, but here's, here's more particular what I mean. Um, I, I found that I became a better reader of 
people of uh, literature, of film, once I learned how to read the Bible better. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, when, you, when you're, and, and this is everything, but when you're talking about beauty or aesthetics, you're, you're talking about paying attention to the particularities of the thing and the way things are formed. So it's, so it's just, it's very um, uh, a, a loving and careful attention at someone else, mm-hmm. right? Something that, that's not you. And, and, it's, and, and it's, it's open to say, okay, what is that thing? Like, I don't know what that thing is. I, I wanna be open to, to whatever this thing has, right? And, and, then, and then it's saying, okay, so what is the structure of this thing? What are the repetitions? What are the patterns? What are the relationships between the parts, right? And so I, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, you, you think about like, if you're like in, in, like in a moral sphere, right? And so someone, let's say someone comes into with like a problem or whatever, you know, it's like, it's like the first thing you got to do as a, as, as, as a, as a brother in Christ or as an aesthetician, right? Is, is that you're, 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 I'm like, what, okay, what's going on here? You know, like, what was the situation? What was the relationship between you and this other person? And, and, and it, it teaches you to be, to be a good noticer of the world. Yeah. You know, and, and to, and to, and, and the thing about it is like, like when sometimes some people hear objectivity is like coldness, but it's like, that's not at all. It's like the exact opposite. It's like, mm-hmm. you're giving the other, the thing outside of you, it's due. You know, it's like, you are not me. You are something else. Right. And I, I don't know what this thing is. And so I just have to be a student of the other. Mm-hmm. No, that's so good, man. And this is good. This is super helpful. And so I'm going to, tr- well, I'm going to try to do that, but I love the idea of, um, slowing down something i've tried to do previously in doing that is just reading the scriptures out loud and mm. slowing down and things like this so i can hear them as well as read them because mm. um, i find if i just read them in my head um, at least for myself my 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 thoughts rabbit trail way more mm. my I, I notice other things way more whatever it is but if i read it out loud slowly um I don't know. Somehow that helps me see these things more clearly. Yeah. Um, that you're talking about. Yeah. I th- I think I think the other thing is that, and I I wrote a I wrote a, I wrote a th- an article on this at the Theopolis blog. It's called Against Practical Preaching, and the 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 idea is that I th- one thing that's it's helpful is if you because some people come to the scriptures with like I've got a I got to get a checklist right. I need something like, so that I know what to do with my hands four minutes later. And I'm like, you need to throw that out because part of like, the the fascinating thing that I find is that I I think what's lying underneath that is, is a belief that the fundamental way God transforms us is by the command. By telling us what to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I mean, that's one way, right? But it's not the only way. And, and one of the fascinating things is like, that's the way that's characteristic of the old covenant, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you think, cause, and, and I, I think that, um, so the, the example that I always give is, is like, you think about like David and Bathsheba, right? And so David sins with Bathsheba, Nathan comes and he doesn't say, you've sinned, you need to repent. He tells him a story, right? Yeah. Because- why is because the mechanism of the command i think would be unable to access david's soul at that point right. there needed to be something that was more potent he met right? him at the hierarchy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and 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 i'm like and most of the bible is stories and poetry right which doesn't mean it's not transformative but part part of like what's what's important about the story well the story comes along and it's like, you have to become involved in someone else's world. And there's almost a selfishness that, that can happen if you come to the Bible and you'd be like, well, what does this have to do with me? What am I supposed to do? It's be like, bro, just chill out for a second, right? <laughs> like, it's okay to spend a half an hour 
not thinking about how this thing relates to you. Because what happens, you know, like we think about with David is like, he was able to forget about himself. See, he was too consumed with himself. Yes. Right. This was a man who like, who had an affair and killed a man. It's like, do you think that 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 level of commitment to yourself could just be like, hey, David, you did something wrong. It's like, no, 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 no. You, you need to get him outside of himself. Mm-hmm. He was way too self-committed. And I think that's, that, that's like a macro feature of the Bible is that it's like most of the Bible is not commands to the hearers, right? And I think yeah. that's because it forces you out of yourself. Yeah. It forces you to be involved in something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a good take. That's a hot take, but it's a good one, man. That's really good. <laughs> no, that's so good. So um, well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, we need to make sure we plug some of your stuff here. So um, obviously you have uh, the YouTube channel that people can yeah. and should subscribe to, but you have a website where people can sub- help you out with Patreon and other things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go to the website, uh, Bible is Art, the Bible is Art. Com. Uh, there's some stuff there, uh, YouTube channel. Um, yeah. 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 And, uh, as far as like social goes, are you, are you very good at the Twitter or the things like this? Um, I'm there. I would not say I, 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 I respond to things, but I'm not super active. I don't have, I, I'm, I'm not going to be giving my hot take on, uh, uh, Donald Trump. So, so uh, so if, if that's what you're going for, I'm sorry, I won't have that. You're not the guy. Well, that's probably a good play, a good way to live your life, honestly. <laughs> Um, but thank you. Thank you for um, not just having this conversation, but just doing literally what you're doing. Um, it's so cool, man. Um, yeah, I've been really encouraged by following your videos. Uh, I'm glad we got connected in the first place, but I'm more encouraged um, and hopeful that people will actually subscribe and follow you so they can experience the same thing. So thanks good. so much, Adam. This has been really great. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just really great to chat with you and to get to know you. Yeah, same. All right. Well, maybe we'll talk again soon. All right. Sounds good. Later. See ya.